Oh, it's so good to be back to you all. Stepping into the, walking into the gym this morning, just felt right, felt so good. And it's crazy to me, my name is Chris, I, there's a few of you that I haven't, uh, no, I think I met pretty much, there's a couple people that I haven't got to meet yet, but hi, welcome. Yeah, we, we had a really interesting year last year. A lot of you know that, and that's, that's not what we're going to spend time talking about, but just to give you some context, I was reflecting over the last few days how this time last year, I walked up to get prayer from Greg and Kathy Egger, because my wife and I felt we had been, let's see, we had been in China for about five years, we needed to move back because of health reasons, different things, moved back here, and... We just needed to regroup. We needed to recover. We needed some time just to, to sit back. And we had led a quite adrenaline-filled, exhilarating life. I mean, my wife's been to 42 countries, and I'm trying, I'm like kind of right behind her there. But we would just travel all around, do all these things. And next thing we know, we find ourselves exhausted and burnt out and just needed to settle in somewhere with no energy for anything. So we took about a year and a half, moving from China to here, to really just sit and I would find myself feeling guilty for that. I would find myself getting antsy. But at the same time, I didn't really have any energy for that next push. And I felt God just saying, sit back and rest and, and recuperate. It's okay to recuperate. But then coming around, the, turning the corner from 2013 to 2014, we felt that moment where we were saying, okay, God, we're ready. We're ready again to be released. We're ready to move back from kind of this kind of posture to this kind of posture. Let's, let's do this. I remember asking one of my professors at Fuller Seminary, I said, so how do you know when it's time to transition from recovery into moving back into ministry? How do you know when you've kind of hit that point where you're ready to jump out and do things again? And she said, well, I think you'll know it because it'll take more energy to keep in what's going on inside of you than it will to get it out. And that was exactly that point we hit, turning the corner from 2013 to 2014. And so I find myself was there getting prayer, and, and Greg and Kathy had a picture for us, and it was of us getting launched out of a cannon. And we were like, hmm, no idea what that means. And then fast forward three months, and our founding pastor, Cody Busick, is standing up here, throws us this almost literal curveball, says, we're, uh, my family and I, we're moving down to Oceanside, California, to pastor a church. We're moving in May. And I sat back there, and my heart starts going, dum, dum, dum. and you know what the Holy Spirit said? It's you. The Holy Spirit said, it's you. You're going to be up there. And I thought, that was silly. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't really know what to do with that, but the Holy Spirit said that as clear as day. It's you. And we went through a two-month, well, about a one-month, two-month process of um, looking for different people, and throughout the whole time, I'm thinking, so I'm seeing these different candidates, a guy named Bobby, some of you will remember, comes in, and, and uh, Ralph, and everybody else, and I'm like, okay, I totally misheard that one. <laughs> um, not going to happen, and the next thing I know, we're sitting at Pizza Port, and Mike and Betty and Greg and Kathy saying, we feel like it's you, and my heart was like, I knew it, but on the outside, I was like, really? No, I was like, yeah, we, we feel that too, and so we stepped into pastoring a church, in 2014, and was that on your agenda in January, February? Wasn't on mine. Totally did not see that coming. And it's been one of the most amazing gifts that God ever could have given us, and we 
Never, never saw it coming. Another gift we were given is this little beautiful baby boy that you see that my wife is holding. His name actually means gift of God. We didn't know him this time last year. And now we can't even imagine life without him. And so it just makes me think, if we were to project ourselves out to this time next year, what would we want God to have done in our midst? What is stirring in your heart? What is God saying to you that this year holds? Because God always has good things for us. The way we're going to frame it, I'm not going to share for that long, at least I'm not planning to. I'm not going to share for that long this morning. I wanted us to move into some time to reflect, to pray, and to encourage one another around these three things. I feel like God has these three realms that we get to kind of sit in for a little bit. One of them is there's new things that God wants to do in us, that Jesus, who abides in us, who makes his home in us, there's new things that Jesus wants to do in us. At some point this morning, I want to have you take some time and think about what are those things that you would like Jesus to do in you? The second one we're going to look at is there are things that God the Father wants to do for us because he's a good father that loves to take care of his children. So Jesus wants to do things in us, the Father wants to do things for us, and the Holy Spirit wants to do things through us. So we're going to be looking at those three words, in, for, and through. And we're going to take some time to pray into those this morning. Before we do that, I'm going to give you a few scriptures for each of these and just share a little bit about what's on my heart so that you can be praying for me just so that you know where I'm at what I'm processing, and so that you can be thinking for yourself, what do you want Jesus to be doing in you? The first scripture is John 14.20. It's a mind-boggling reality when you really think about it, the reality that Jesus makes his home with his Father in our hearts. He tells his disciples as he's about to go to the cross, he's giving them the pep talk of all pep talks, the locker room talk that... He says, in that day, meaning the day after my resurrection, when I come back around and show you, when I go through death and out the other side, he says, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. One of the things that Jesus promises to us in 2015, no matter what happens, is his presence Not just around us, not just external to us, but actually in us. Where can you go with Jesus inside of you? Isn't the better question, where can you not go? So in 2015, no matter what it holds, no matter how much, maybe you carry some fear or some anxiety, maybe you have no idea what 2015 holds. Maybe you just feel like it's going to be the same old thing. But I have a sense that Jesus wants to do some deep things inside of us. The next verse I want us to look at. Romans 8.10, quickly, and then we'll look at Galatians 4. If Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, we're not going to talk about that part right now, later. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Jesus Christ is inside of us. And listen to how Paul says it in Galatians 4. You can sense, listen to the emotion behind Paul's language here. As he speaks to the the church in Galatia, he says, 
my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth. I have never experienced that personally. Anybody in here ever experienced the anguish of childbirth? Um, that's not very intense, is it? It's just kind of like, oh, there's a baby. Think about the emotional weight and intensity that Paul is talking about here. I've been through, yeah, three childbirths. Um, where did my wife go? <laughs> Zachary? This is what we call TMI, tell more information. Zachary, our, our middle child, came out after seven minutes at the hospital, over the toilet, with such force, check this out next time you see him, with such force that he's still, you know, he's got his little fro, but you can still see there's a, about the size of a dime on the back of his head. There's a scar where hair does not grow. And we are almost positive that that is a scar from the force the nurse's thumb had when she caught him as he shot (laughs) out of Sarah. Good thing we're all mature here, right? (laughs) Can you imagine? And Paul uses this word anguish of childbirth because this is an emotionally loaded thing for him. And what is he emotionally intense over? Jesus Christ being formed in them. Isn't that, according to the Bible, the ultimate goal that God has for us is that we would be conformed and transformed into the image of God's Son? And isn't it beautiful that that happens not as an overriding of our identity, but rather as an augmenting of it? That Jesus forms His character inside of us without ever pushing us and our personality and our uniqueness out of the way, he says, check this out. Let me make you all that I've always called you to be. Let me help you become more of who you always were. So my question for you to think about this morning, and I know what it is for me, is what do you want Jesus to form in you in this next year? What does God want to do in you to make you look, in your character, your decisions, your attitudes, your behavior, to make you look more like Jesus? to let more of Jesus' character break out through your uniqueness. For me, one of the things that I want Jesus to do in me has to do with patience. It has to do with how I respond to little children that are screaming and playing at three in the morning when all good people should be sleeping. Patience is one of those things that I want Jesus to work himself out. Somebody pointed out one time, and I don't know what I think about this yet, but... Uh, a friend of mine pointed out that there's no prayers for patience in the New Testament. If you think about it, did the apostles ever ask Jesus for patience? His assumption is, his, his guess is that's because Jesus, who is patience incarnate, actually already has wedded his life to us, lives inside of us. It's not as much an issue of us needing something externally as much as it is us tapping into something we've already been given. So for me, I want Jesus to form more of that, I guess to, for me to tap in, give me the grace to tap into that patience more. Another thing that I'm looking for 
is to be able to carry anxiety and stress a lot better. I'm sure you guys couldn't imagine that there are actually a couple stresses related to leadership and having three kids and health issues and things like that. Um, there were a couple times there have been a couple potentially stressful things, but I want Jesus to help shift in me the way I carry anxiety, the way I deal with things that I feel are just out of my control. That's something I want him to do. And the last thing I want Jesus to do in me is heal me from some of those wounds, some of those areas of shame that continue to trip me up, especially when that anxiety continues to rise. Can any of you relate to that? Just some of those things that we hold on to that something happens all of a sudden, you find yourself triggered. It's like you don't carry an awareness of it all the time, but you know, like when you have a sliver, you don't notice it until you bump it on something, right? Or if you've stubbed your toe or something or you have a bruise somewhere, you don't really think about it until somebody bumps in and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where did that reaction come from? You ever have that? So what are those, and some of us are not even slivers, some of us are more like, you know, arrows or <laughs> who knows what they are, but what do you want Jesus to heal in you? For me, I want Jesus to heal some things from my childhood that caused me to just react in ways that are really dysfunctional when the pressure's on. So that's what it is for me. So be thinking this morning what it is for you. What do you want Jesus to form in you? What do you want him to do in your character, in your attitudes, in your belief system? Is there something that Jesus wants to shift, wants to recalibrate in your belief system? Think about that for a moment. The next thing we're going to look at quickly is four. I love, love, love this verse. Look at this, James 1.17. Every, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. One of the biggest paradigm shifts we could ever experience is the reality that God is good, that God is a father, and he's not necessarily like our earthly fathers, and that he is for us. You ever find yourself asking God for something, feeling guilty for asking? Anybody? And God says, I am the kind of father that loves giving you things more than you even like receiving. For me, one of the things that I would love God, the father, to do for me this year is to repair my body. Little window into my life. It's not super fun to have to eat a gluten, dairy, soy, coconut, almond, vanilla, sunflower, I can't even remember them all. Food intolerances, food allergies. I'm kind of over it, to be honest with you. I'm kind of sick of, of having to say, sorry, I can't eat that. Nope, I can't eat that. Nope, I can't eat that. Nope, I can't eat that. I feel like I'm ready for the Father to heal me. So that's something that I would like God to do for me this year, is to fix my body. What's getting in the way of that? I don't know. That's not really what I'm trying to think about right now. but So what about you? What would you like the Father to do for you? Maybe there's, you need an upgrade in your financial situation. 
Or maybe there's a job that you just, you know, you know what, I, I need a change in vocation, a change of scenery. Maybe it's your living situation. Maybe you're like, um, yeah, I can't handle a one-bedroom house anymore with my eight cats and seven kids and you know, I don't know what your living situation is, but maybe God has new things that he wants to provide for you in that department. What am I missing then? You guys know what it is, right? You guys know in your heart what you need God to do for you. So sit with that. Present that to God. And last thing, and then we're going to pray, is through. Now, I want to make a really clear distinction here. That's, it's, it's not a pet peeve of mine. It's important to me, though, and I, I don't want to be nitpicky, but there's something that I think I want to just, I try to be careful of. The Holy Spirit throughout the scriptures, I mean, look at the, the book of Acts. It's all about what? It's all about these apostles doing crazy things, blessing people as the Holy Spirit moves through them, empowers them to heal, to prophesy, to just do these amazing things that we see and, and get jealous of. The Holy Spirit loves to work through us. But here's the distinction I, I want to make real quick. The Holy Spirit wants you to participate in what the Holy Spirit's doing, but the Holy Spirit does not want to use you. Have you guys ever heard people say that? Yeah, God wants to use you to blah, blah, blah. God used me to blah, blah, blah. I would really encourage you to be careful with that language. Because if you said that, females, if you said that about another male, what does that imply? He used her. If I came to you and I was like, hey, I want to use you for something. You might know what I mean, but part of you might be like, Okay, you could have chosen a better word there. You use your phone, right? Any of you? Use your phone ever? What's your relationship like with your phone? What's the connection with your phone? What's the intimacy level with your phone? It's just a tool. One of the things that happens when we use language like God wants to use you is it shifts us subtly into a position of being a tool in God's hands. And God says, no, you're not a tool. You're a son. You're a daughter. I don't want to use you. I want to heal you, as my friend Paul says, and set you free to play and participate in what I'm doing. So I just want that to be said when we talk about the Holy Spirit working through us, that we're not talking about the Holy Spirit just using us as this objective instrument. We're talking about us getting to participate in the Holy Spirit being a blessing and encouragement to others in our midst. Well, hold on. Don't put the verse up there yet, actually. The thing that I am really excited, looking forward to, for God to, for the Holy Spirit to kind of work in me again, is to reactivate me in getting words and pictures and even almost feelings of spiritual dynamics to be able to speak into and encourage into. 
that's something that I've had a lot of, in the past, that was something that, that God kind of shared with me a lot, and I kind of tapered off of that for various reasons. But I feel a, a reactivating, I feel an anticipation that God says, I want to start working with you in that again. Because isn't it cool? Have you ever been in some kind of scenario where someone's praying for you and they just come up, and they're like, I just had this picture for you, and it's this and this and that. And they have no idea what your scenario is, what your situation is. But what they say is so right on that only God could have told them that because there's no humanly way they could have known. What does that tell you when you experience that? It says God notices you, doesn't it? It says God is noticing you. And I want to be reactivated in that. I I don't want to be... I, I want to be careful how I say that. But that's, that's something on my heart, is that the Holy Spirit would, would work through me, would let me participate in that thing again, of just that insight that goes beyond just what you could see from a natural relational vantage point. And all these things come together, and this is the verse that, that I want this to kind of land on, and this is the word that really... I feel like we need to sit in and that God wants to infuse deeply into us this morning is this word hope. That as we look into 2015, as we look at what Jesus wants to do in us, what the Father wants to do for us, and as what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us, that we would be filled with hope that God has good things in store, that 2015 can be better than 2014. That it's not all downhill from here. That there are surprises waiting around the corner that God has for us. And it's so crucial that we be aware of it. That we be intentional about it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Anybody ever feel like hope is a little hard to come by sometimes? Or at least you could use maybe a little added dose of it? God says, there are new things I have for you this year. There are things that will fill you with hope. There are good things, like a little baby boy coming up to see me. Let him come up here. It's okay. Hey, come here for a minute. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. This time last year, I had no idea who this boy was. He was just somebody sitting inside my wife's womb. You think that 2014 was a significant year for us? Mm. Yeah, you. Go make some friends. So what are the gifts that God wants to give you in this year? You know your name means gift?
His name means gift of God. Hey, don't pull that over your head. <laughs> um, something that you might not know about us. No, that's fine. Um, one of the reasons he's such a special gift. Oh, man. <laughs> is that he came into this world with absolutely no complications. Hey, now you're causing some complications. Well, one of the reasons he's such an extra special gift is a lot of people don't know that Sarah and I actually have eight kids. Only three of which we've got to know in this life. And so... When you think about that reality, all of a sudden this little boy just takes on a whole new level of hope for us. You think? Huh. So what is it for you? What do you want Jesus to do in you in this coming year? What do you want formed in your patience or in your, I guess, in your, your attitudes, your character, your belief system? What do you want the Father to do for you? What do you need that your Father is happy to provide? And what do you want the Holy Spirit to do through you so that you can make a dent in the world? So that you can participate in what the Holy Spirit's up to. Take a moment and just think, what are those things for you? Even if you have something to write on, maybe just write those three little headings real quick and write something down for those in, for, and through. Don't be distracted by the baby. Seriously, don't. Don't think about him. Don't even look at him. Stop it. Those three things, in, for, and through. And what we're going to do in a few minutes, once you've had a few minutes to think, we're going to split off into different areas of the room. We're going to pray for one another. If you know what it is, then you're going to have a chance to just share with a couple of people. This is something I really want Jesus to do in me in this coming year. Will you pray for me in that? If it's something for you, this is something I'm really needing from the Father right now. Will you pray for me in this? Or this is something I want the Holy Spirit to do through me or to reactivate in me. So we'll, we'll do it this way. We're going to kind of be in groups. I like this side of the room just because, I don't know why. I just kind of favor this side of the room. But, so what we'll do is if you just pick one of those things, the one that's kind of closest to the top for you, if you really have something you want God to do in you, you know that that's what you want prayer for, what Jesus wants to form in you, then I'd like you to come to this corner over here in a moment. And there are going to be people that come around you and you can pray for one another, all right? In this corner, we're going to have people that you know that you need something, you need the Father to do something for you. You need provision of some sort. You need, there's something that you need in 2015 to help things come together. We're going to have you come up here, all right? And then if it's through you, you want the Holy Spirit to kind of take you to another level maybe of ministry or activate something new in you or just work something new through you, we're going to have you come over here and get prayer. All right? So in, for, and through. Go ahead and take a few minutes and think about it. If you already know, and here's the deal, if, if you don't want prayer for any of this, guess what? You can pray for someone else. If you don't want to pray for someone else, you came to the wrong church. No, I'm just kidding. Then... <laughs> then you can sit and just reflect and say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? 
Go ahead and take some time and think. I mean, how often do we carve out time in our lives to just think about these things and put them in writing, okay? So, so either please be getting prayer, praying for others, or sitting and reflecting and just taking some time to, to hear from God. All right, I'm going to pray for us, and then as you know where you want to go, go ahead and do that. And when, when you pray, just let people share. So what is it? You know, what are you standing here for? What's on your heart? Even take some time to listen to God. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say right now? Is there anything you want to share with us, to us, through us? Okay? So I'll pray for us, and then everybody clear on how we're going to move forward? We have about 15, 20 minutes or so to do this at least, and it doesn't need to take that long, but it can if it needs to, all right? God, help us to be deeply filled with hope. Would you infuse us with hope right now that this is a new year, a new time to see new things from you? Maybe the new thing you want to do isn't even something external to us. Maybe you want to fill our current circumstances in life and job with new meaning. Whatever it is, we want to walk into this next year with you, with a deep awareness of you with a deep awareness of what we need, what we're looking to you for. And we want to do it in community. We want to do it with one another. So speak to us. Stir things in our hearts. Reveal maybe hidden desires or even buried desires. Sometimes it's hard to want things because we're like, no, I don't even dare want that. I don't even dare ask for that. Would you excavate certain things in our hearts, bring things back, resurrect even old hopes and desires and longings so that you can meet us in a unique way in 2015. Holy Spirit, meet with us, speak to us, encourage us, love on us this morning. Yeah, so if you know what one of those things, if, if you just have something you want Jesus to form in you, will you make your way over this way? If you have something that you want Jesus to, or the Father to do for you, if you need prayer for some kind of provision, make your way up here. And then if you want the Holy Spirit to do something th